What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Welcome to Creature Feature, production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host, a mini-parasites, Katie Golden. I studied psychology and evolutionary biology, and today on the show... Ah! Screaming! Uh, yeah, animals that scream, animals that sing, animals that scream and sing? From the teeniest, tiniest screams to some of the loudest yowls in the animal kingdom. Discover this and more as we answer the age-old question... How much would you pay for your own personal security system? Would you pay them in blood? Joining me today is friend of the pod, co-host of George Center and Lauer After Hours, Will Poole, a.k.a. Christy Yamaguchi-Bain. Welcome. Thank you for having me again, Katie. I think this is my third time on here. I'm a three-peater. I'm I'm super excited. That's right. You should be receiving in the mail a fruit basket. Oh, good. Good, yeah. good. Well, now, what kind of fruit uh, should I expect? Uh, well, you like, know, uh, I, pineapple. Is there an exciting, like, Italian... Uh, oh, a pineapple. Okay. All no, right. I just okay. said an apple, a regular apple. It's actually a basket oh, just an apple. with okay. one apple in it. Is there an actual basket, or are you just mailing me a single apple with a stamp on it? It's it's an apple wrapped in a napkin. Okay. Right, and then right. once so you get to that's... five... Yeah, once you get to five episodes, it'll be an apple tied to a banana. Okay, tied to a banana. Oh, with like rubber I don't even band. know how. Okay, all right. I was curious how you were going to fasten it. That seems difficult, and I don't think that's going to survive the postage. But I appreciate your yeah. effort. And uh, ten episodes in, I'll throw in throw in a handful of grapes. So hell get yeah. excited! I cannot. <laughs> I cannot wait for for the rotten fruit to show up in my mailbox. <laughs> so excited for this. So, did you know that animals scream sometimes? So the when I think of animals screaming, we used to have a pet 
Potbelly Pig. Aww. And Adorable. when I would try to get, his name was Spud. Aww. And whenever I would try to get Spud to cooperate with me, whenever I'd have to pick him up, that little dude, it's the wildest, most blood-curdling scream yeah. you have ever heard. I don't know if your listeners are familiar with with the sound like a pig makes or just how loud they can get. Um, but it's, it's incredible. And the first time it happened, it startled me so, so much. Like it, uh, it, it completely, uh, catches you off guard. I feel like pig screams too are uncannily humanoid in a way that's yes, really, it's, you can distinguish it from a human scream, but it, it, there's a definitely a humanoid aspect to it. That's very unsettling. I agree. I agree. Similar to those goats, the the compilations yeah. of goats <laughs> that scream. Uh, my my some of my favorite videos are when people take like metal songs, yeah, uh, or or heavy heavy music, and then they put the goat screams as the the tracks to it. It's so good. There's so one. Good. Um, the the let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor with animals sounds. Uh, and they've got like a screaming cockatoo, a goat in there. Uh, kookaburra it's really good i love it it's one of my favorite videos (laughs) fantastic i've heard uh i think uh, the one that comes to mind is i think uh there's a system of a down mashup Mm. with like the song chop suey and yeah the screaming goats it's really good yeah no that's that's incredible i love that uh (laughs) so yeah i mean like there are a lot of animals we know that they can make loud sounds sometimes they can scream but i think something that is can is potentially surprising to people is that insects can also scream. In fact, bees can scream for help, which is cute and terrifying. It is. It is. And, and I imagine these screams are inaudible to the human ear. That's not necessarily true. So remember uh, the Asian murder hornets that we were freaking out about, I think, Kind of yes. near the beginning of the pandemic, so we got a little bit yeah, sidetracked yeah. there. <laughs> but, Absolutely, oh, the 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 uh, uh, man, what what a pleasant thought! Like that that the murder hornets were back before the world completely had gone. Yeah, um, that that that's a that's a that's almost like a nice thing to reminisce on now. Yeah, we were murder like, hornets. oh, we got to worry about these giant bees, and then oops, no, yeah. that wasn't it. Uh, that not, not what we were. <laughs> yep. Uh, but yeah, so so there was some uh, some worry and still some worry about them because they were found in North America. And our North American bees are woefully unprepared for the presence of these giant hornets because they are very adept at murdering and ripping a bee colony to shreds, to literal shreds. They dismember <laughs> the bodies of these poor little honeybees. And but of course, these are invasive species. And when you go to their native territory in Asian countries, Asian honeybees have actually evolved a number of coping strategies for dealing with these giant murder hornets. So one of these strategies is a honey-curdling scream. So obviously you may have an image of like B movie Jerry Seinfeld screaming into the camera with his weird little CGI bee teeth, which I hate so much. What's with all these murder hornets? <laughs> you uh, murdered my whole yeah. my whole family. <laughs> What's the deal with that? 
<laughs> You're digesting my body parts. Okay, you do a much better Jerry Seinfeld impression <laughs> than I do. And by by better, I mean it's terrible. Yeah, no, it's, it's bad. So good. <laughs> it's bad. Don't worry. Uh, it's it's going to be bad, That's guys. That's what makes it so good. That's what makes it good. So don't worry, though. Bees do not scream with their mouths. They actually scream with their butts. What? I, somehow I knew it was going to be the butt, and it still surprised me when you said yeah. it. Yeah. It's always the butt, isn't it? It is. It, with insects, yes. Everything happens with the butt. Everything. Everything, everything all the time. You know that sign in that Japanese amusement park that went viral like a couple years ago where it was like, please scream inside your heart because it was at the beginning of the pandemic and it was like they didn't want people to scream and release a bunch of saliva everywhere. So it was please scream inside of your heart to ride while riding oh, this roller coaster. I'm, I, I missed that somehow, but that's such a beautiful and poetic like uh, uh, I feel like a lot of people are screaming inside of their heart at all times uh, these days. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's great. <laughs> Evergreen sign. Yes. For the bees, it's actually, please scream with your butt. So they point Hell their yeah. posteriors in the air and beat their wings against their abdomen at, while running. So it's like... If you were terrified, you like pointed your butt in the air and started slapping your thighs and then screaming as you ran. Damn. Okay. So I was picturing an Ace Ventura moment um, uh, where the bee is bent over, like spreading the butt mm -hmm. uh, and and talking out of its butt. So I not, see. Not, not an Ace Ventura moment, no. right? No, okay, more, okay. more like you're running with your butt in the air while you're slapping it. And your slaps yeah. are so loud, they sound like a scream. So, oh, cool. yeah. So this causes a high-pitched shrieking sound. You know, it's similar to how stridulation in other insects, like crickets, will stridulate by rubbing things against their abdomen. For the bees, it's the beating of the wings against their abdomen that creates this percussive sound that is at such a high frequency, it sounds like a scream. And uh, it alerts other Asian honeybees to the presence of a giant hornet. It's also used to warn its comrades of other types of hornets, like the Vespa soror hornet, which is another large hornet who is very similar to the giant hornet, uh, also hunts in packs and attacks beehives. So they've got a few <laughs> hornet species to worry about, these poor honeybees. But the, the most unsettling thing about this scream is how eerily human-like it sounds. So researcher Dr. Heather Medilla said to the New York Times, quote, I would get chills and start to worry about them. Even though the recordings are from years ago and the bees are long dead, there's something very human and recognizable in the sounds. So wow. that's that's spooky. Yeah. Unfortunately, I looked... I tried to find audio of the bee screams. I couldn't find it. I'll keep looking. And if I find it, I will definitely share with you guys. But I it will is. Too. Yeah. I wonder if, uh, did you did you happen to, to learn whether the screams were distinct depending on the type of hornet uh, attacking the colony? That's a really good question. I don't know if there are individual screams for the species of hornet, but there's definitely an alarm call. I think that means hornet intruder. 
Uh, but that's a, I mean, that's a really good question. I wouldn't be too shocked if they had different kinds of sounds for different types of threats. But as far as I know, there's sort of one general, hey, there's a hornet. It's going to decapitate us. This is bad sort of right, right. butt drumming <laughs> sound. And uh, do these honeybees, um, I've seen video before where bees will swarm a hornet yes. um, and, and overheat the hornet, basically like uh, using their wings to, to increase the, their body temperature to the point where it can't survive. That is absolutely correct. This is the other tactic that these Asian honeybees will use. It's a remarkable behavior because they will cover the hornet and just like they just like you said, they will actually boil it alive and they do that by vibrating their abdomens which generates this friction and a high enough temperature to cook the hornet in the middle of their so tactical mosh pit. And uh, they also by forming that Ball, I think they increase CO2 levels, which also uh, basically, if it, the boiling doesn't kill them, they suffocate it. And it is it is incredible. They actually have one more fun anti-hornet tactic, and that is collecting animal dung and spreading it onto the entrance of their hive to ward off hornets. And what? it's kind of gross, but it's Remarkable because bees are very fastidious. They're very clean. They even poop right. outside of their own hives because they want to keep things as clean and tidy as possible. They want to protect their delicate larvae from pathogens. So the fact that they were bringing poop to their hive was really confusing to researchers. It seemed very counterintuitive. But sure. by placing the animal dung at the entrance, it actually wards off these hornets with a foul smell and it's called fecal spotting and they'll just take basically little bits of dung from all sorts of different animals and like put it sort of like a just kind of like paint with it very artistically like bob ross like now we want to we want to put the um <laughs> want to put the bear diarrhea right here that's some nice bear <laughs> diarrhea that'll really ward off those wasps and Oh, and here's some here's some bobcat dung. We're gonna put the bobcat dung, and it's gonna make this really nice kind of fresco. Happy, happy little logs. Happy, happy little, happy logs. little, happy little turds. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, I'm just I'm just saying I've I've never thought about this as like a security tactic, yeah. but if I went and collected the dog poop in my backyard and smeared it all over the front door of my house, I would not have to worry about anybody yeah, do it. showing up on my front porch. <laughs> that would it. absolutely, that would, no that would board. I mean, <laughs> not, not, no one's visiting me. I'm not getting any packages also. No. So that would, you know, that'd be unfortunate, but also uh, home intruders. Nobody is no. going to break into my house. If they start to come in or try to pry in the, uh, the right. front door, you don't need security systems. You don't need these ring doorbells. No. Or, uh, or, or you know, weapons for to protect your home. Just smear poop all yeah. over your front door and the entranceway. By the way, that's brilliant. This podcast is sponsored by Poo Safe, a cheap alternative <laughs> and eco-friendly solution to protecting your home. <laughs> it's a, it's absolutely recycle that poop. Get out there, right? Uh, go, you know, collect it from your neighbors. Will love you if you're collecting their dog poop for your hmm. home protection. Um, Will it's, they? It's a win for everybody. <laughs> Will they? 
I sure love my neighbor who smears my dog's poop on their door. (laughs) I I mean, if you know what, like once it leaves my yard, I don't care what happens to it necessarily. Um, And also, I don't have to visit them. You know, I don't have to, to, you know, uh, you know, be neighborly or anything. I I still think it's I think it's a net positive or a net positive uh, (laughs) overall, should I say? Uh. (laughs) Yes, a good way to clear out guests. Too, just start like you know laying down poop on the floor and it's like well this is what i do at uh <laughs> midnight so you something. might want to mosey yeah. on <laughs> this may seem drastic right for the bees to smear poop all over their beautiful hive entrance but if you had to face these hornets down these hornets that are more than three times your size you would probably scream with your butt and smear animal dung around too <laughs> So just a yes. quick quick uh, overview of these hornets. The giant hornets, or otherwise known as the Asian murder hornets, as well as the Vesper soror hornets are very formidable foes, and they can decimate a honeybee colony, just decapitate a bunch of bees in, mm. you know, they're rapid berserkers of bees. They will often attack in packs and chop up their victims into bite-sized pieces that they carry back to their hornet hive, where they feed the body parts to their larva like they're feeding it into a wood chipper. Oh my God. So the adults. <laughs> such a brutal description. <laughs> God. This is horrifying. I feel like like that scientist uh, uh, said she. F- feels horrible she like can can yeah. feel the connection listening to those recordings i'm i'm uh empathizing with these bees right now yeah just based on the the horror that they go through yes, yeah seriously. The, the reason they have this like using the baby as the wood chipper technique is that adult hornets cannot eat solid food you know those the, those hourglass figures that they have to keep with that very thin mm-hmm. waist food cannot pass through that uh, that is any any thicker than a liquid. So the adults oh, okay. chew up the body parts and then spit this paste into the larva's mouths. And then the larva digest it and create this kind of like protein syrup, a protein shake, uh, and then regurgitate that for the adults to eat. So, you know, what a cute family. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I I want a sequel to B-movie. Yeah. But I want it. I want it done like a a like in a dramat like a drama. Yeah, uh, just like a horror like drama uh, style, completely serious, um, where we actually get to see the horrors of what it's like to be a bee, and 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 fend your family off from these wasps. I want a remake of Game of Thrones, but it's bees. And yes, if you've listened exactly. to this podcast before, you know that. Bees and wasps really do lend themselves to Game of Thrones style dramatization. I mean, these yeah. hornets not only attack honeybees, but they even attack other hornet species. They even attack their own species. Like if there's another hive of their own species, sometimes they'll go in and do red wedding style, kill everyone, but then also eat them. Oh, so, no. yeah. yeah. Okay, so they're they're hunting for their dinner, I guess. Yeah. You could say. Hey, you know, sustainable. Man. snag a job is where america goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over six million active hourly workers snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs 
on demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. So we did just talk about bees screaming with their butts in horror uh, before getting murdered in terrible fashion. So I thought I'd lighten the mood with some singing lemurs. Cool. Singing lemurs? Like, okay, so we're talking like Madagascar style? Yeah, exactly. Prince Julian, is that that character when he, you know. I think so, yeah. I I like to move it, move it, that whole thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. The early 2000s called they want their sort of dated CGI movie back. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Timely reference on on our part. I love it, though, because you're absolutely right that uh, lemurs are from Madagascar. So that movie where you see, you know, you have these mini species of lemurs all together. They may not do a whole dance number and singing number together but indeed madagascar is where you will find all of the world species of lemurs and there are many cool awesome species of lemur uh and one of them possibly one of the lesser known ones but a incredible species that should be more famous is the indri or babakoto so the indri is one of the largest lemurs in the world like all lemurs, lives exclusively in Madagascar. And they are critically endangered, which is a shame because they are absolutely amazing. So these injury weigh up to about 20 pounds or 9.5 kilograms and grow up to about 28 inches or 72 centimeters long. So, you know, bigger than a cat, uh, maybe a medium-sized dog. Uh, they are adorable. They look like teddy bears. They have black and white fur and yellow eyes. Their faces have this black fluffy fur with these tufted black ears that look like an extra fluffy teddy bear. And they have these short stubby tails, which is very 
rare. In fact, they're the only lemurs that have lost their tails to this extent. So they look. <laughs> oh, that's unfortunate. That's oh, it's, but it's cute. What a bum. Yeah, I guess so. But I, if I was, if I'm a lemur, I want a tail to swing from. Like that's one of the coolest things about you know living in a tree. For the but most they don't. Part. As I'll discuss oh, they later, don't? they don't really need it. They do live in trees, okay. but they don't need okay. their tail. And there's an interesting explanation gotcha. for that. Actually, they are so big that one of the main purposes of these tails for lemurs actually isn't to hang from trees. Uh, it is for stabilization. And this is true of a lot of primate okay. species. It helps them stabilize. It's true they can, uh, primates that have prehensile tables, sorry, prehensile tails, can wrap them around branches to hold on to things or even use them to like grip things like leaves. They typically use it to balance their their leaps and their jumps and movement. And that's the same th thing for lemurs. So lemurs like to leap from branch to branch and they will use okay. these tails as sort of almost like mid-air rudders to help balance them as they glide. But the thing is, the bigger you get, the less a tail is going to do actually in terms of balance. And because the injury is so big, the one of the biggest lemurs, it is um, it, these tails sort of become less useful. And there was some research done looking at how like tail mass basically no longer if they had a tail, it just wouldn't really help them stabilize their sure. leaping. So that makes sense. Instead, they have this cute little stubby tail <laughs> that I think. What? How do you spell that uh, again? Injury. Injury. I N D R I, or Baba Koto. There we go. Okay. Oh my God, he is so cute. Okay, I was looking at the wrong kind. <laughs> uh, wow, you were not kidding about the teddy bear thing. Like the the big. He's almost got like a Mickey Mouse shaped uh, uh, outline of a face and ears. That's absurd. God, lemurs are so absolutely adorable. Cool, like a cartoon teddy wow. bear, extra fluffy yeah, cartoon yeah, teddy bear. Absolutely. Do these things blink? It doesn't look like they can blink. They blink. They I'm do. Sure, <laughs> I'm sure they can, but like it's the most high on methamphetamines looking animal <laughs> in the animal kingdom. It does it's look like looking. they would win a staring contest with you <laughs> yes. easily. Yes. Or like easily. you would get one of these as a teddy bear and you'd sit it at the foot of your bed and wake up in the middle of the night and it'd be staring at you. It looks like an animatronic. Like that's, you know, the the unblinking eyes of like a, a you know, a showbiz pizza or a Chuck E. Cheese or something. It gives off that vibe when I look at one. Yeah, I, I, I see that. I think it's a creepy cute thing, though. It's like... Yes, it's yes those, yeah. It's those, Uncanny Valley type I think thing. it's because of the, the yellow eyes and little pupils. They look very alert. So despite maybe looking like a creepy animatronic sometimes, or a cute animatronic, whatever your, uh, your opinion, uh, they are... Their behavior is very cute, so... They have little family units. They are monogamous and they stay in family groups. And they are very playful and like to wrestle for fun, especially females. Uh, another win for feminism. So <laughs> they are extremely difficult to keep in captivity. They actually typically only last like a year in captivity, despite the fact that they can live up to 18 years in the wild. 
And this is likely oh, wow. due to their extremely specialized diet that is very difficult to replicate. So they only seem to eat certain foods at certain times of days, and it's a variety of foods. So leaves, seeds, flowers, fruit, and bark, but they have this specialized diet where they eat a certain thing at a certain time of day, and it helps them digest it better, which you just cannot replicate in captivity. Sure, sure, yeah. Too stressed out to follow their regimen, probably. Yeah. Not, you know, uh, being handled by people or being in an enclosed environment. Yeah. And that's, un- I mean, that's, I'm, I'm glad that they have realized that. Are these, so they, they, these aren't really kept. You can't see these anywhere but no. in the wild, basically. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And they are one of the, they are actually the only lemur that communicates through singing and they are very musically talented so their calls sort of sound like air horn blasts (laughs) not only are these calls loud but they also follow musical patterns so that's cool there was a study done at the university of turin italy that found that their calls were used for a number of types of communication to locate family, to establish territory, and to do sing-offs with neighbors. And it can be either to establish a connection between neighbors, to communicate about mating or environmental conditions, territory boundaries, or warnings of predators. And it is actually interesting in that they seem to follow a musical pattern. So I'm going to have you listen to a sample of some of these injuries singing. So this is actually a female singing with her mate and her son. So a little family, the Von Trapp family singing group. So was that was that was one uh, like continuous song there or or samples from from many? Yeah, that's one continuous song. Oh, cool. Okay, okay. You were not kidding about the uh, the air horn. Holy cow. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like Jamaican air horns, like you would hear it, like yeah, some reggaeton or something. Yeah. Oh my God, that's and, and it also has like kind of a um, like a humpback whale quality to mm-hmm. some of them. Yeah, uh, yeah, too. I can hear that. Yeah, and so yeah, I mean it's it's adorable because it's family singing together, mother, yeah, father, so and son, sweet. and they often sing in duets. And I don't know if you noticed but they were harmonizing there they would have one singing one tone the other in a slightly different tone and singing together in these duets and they have very flexible mouths and lips that can change the tone of these notes so they you know do this like little whoop uh and so they can angle the tone i'm not a musician (laughs) so i can't yeah it's it's Kind of like the uh, the the Doppler effect, like yeah. you, can, you can stretch and 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 contract the uh, the size of the the wave, uh, the vibration coming out of your mouth. Right, exactly. That's, that's so cool. And so researchers have studied these calls and found that they like to do them in a specific rhythm, 
a one to two ratio of beat patterns, which is actually the same type of beat pattern as found in Queen's We Will Rock You. So the dun, dun, okay. dun, yeah. dun, 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 yeah. which is kind of interestingly musical. They also drag out the final notes of their calls, which is similar to in music when you have the retardando at the very end where you kind of like slow down mm -hmm. a piece of music dramatically. It seems like they sure. they do that and have this kind of flourish at the end, which is unusual for animals who use song to communicate. Typically, an animal either sticks to a pattern or they don't. They don't often like add little flourishes at the end of their song, which is, is very interesting, right. especially because, have, uh, yeah. I was just going to say, have they decoded why they do that? I don't think so. No, it's it's not necessarily okay. known why they have that slowdown at the end of songs. They know that they use these songs for a variety of communication from anywhere to saying like, hey, I'm an available mate to, hey, this is our territory or even like, you know, communication like I'm over here. So there could be a purpose to that. I'm not sure that it's known yet. I'm just going to pretend that it's it's just the just artist choice mm -hmm. like they're making they're making a decision there uh and and that's that's their signature um uh style you know the, yeah. the way <laughs> i i write a song and i have a certain style to it that's just their that's their artistic interpretation their their expression coming out i mean we got our appreciation from music from somewhere in our evolutionary history now while Absolutely. we we did not evolve from lemurs they are a primate they are a cousin of ours a, a distant cousin a very distant one but yep. at some point uh you know primates had an appreciation for you know rhythm and sound that became our human appreciation for music so I do find that really interesting that we see another primate species, no matter how distantly related they are from us. They did branch off at a very early point in our evolution, but they have this appreciation for some kind of, I, I mean, to me, it is at the very least a predecessor to music, if not, if you couldn't 100%. classify it as music. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big fan of just musical air horn blasts. It's very festive. I uh, kind of imagine them watching some some European football together. Uh <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, just uh, 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 breaking that out. Like I, I imagine uh, they they make that sound like they've eat, eaten some fermented leaves or something. <laughs> They're, they've gotten a little tipsy around the holiday party, and then the air horns start going off. Yeah, yeah. No, I love it. <laughs> yeah, but like I mentioned earlier, they are critically endangered, and conservation of the species is really, really important. They can't be kept in captivity, so if their natural habitat goes, there is no way of preserving them or bringing their population back. And their habitat is threatened by deforestation and illegal mining of sapphires, which is a big problem in Madagascar. But before you get like mad at like these individual miners or something, the humans in Madagascar are suffering as well. They're being exploited. So these miners are often driven to do these extremely low paying, high intensity labor mining because you know they're they're not getting enough food, they're not getting enough money, they can't feed their families, 
And uh, even the local mine bosses aren't really paid that much uh, compared to the money being made off of this illegal sapphire mining. Most of the money goes to the gym dealers and the retailers. So I think I'm bringing this up because I think it's often important to point out how exploitation of animals often goes hand in hand with exploitation of humans. So, you know, you see that this beautiful species is being threatened by something like illegal mining. And I think sometimes people may react in this way of like, oh, you know, being angry at these miners, like, don't they understand they're ignorant? And it's like, well, no, they're also being exploited by this system. So it's really a systemic problem. It's not these poor people in Madagascar just trying to make a living uh, who are the problem. It's this the system that uh, is causing this problem. So, you know, it's important to have as much, if not more, compassion for people uh, as it is for when we're upset about an animal being threatened. Yeah. Direct, direct the anger towards the, uh, the people that are, are causing the most of it. It's like, I recycle, I, you know, <laughs> I try not to use one use plastics and stuff, but then, you, you know, it's, it's the, the thing you see all the time. Like, look at the top 100 most polluting corporations in the world. And it's yeah. like, there's not, there's, there's no amount of getting on the same page as a human population that can, that can prevent the amount of CO2 release as these corporations do. Exactly. Um, so di- direct your ire at the appropriate uh, people responsible. Exactly. Follow the money. Follow it. Yes. <laughs> Always follow the money. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. 
So we talked about Poo Safe earlier, right? The uh, very environmentally friendly uh, personal sort of home security system that rivals yes, these right. other these other silly home security systems. Uh, it Poo Safe keeps protects your home twenty four seven with the presence yep. of foul smelling dung that you spread on your door. But I actually do have another home security system called okay. Oxpecker Alert. It is an incredible, incredible technology of the red-billed oxpeckers who can alert you to the presence of poachers uh, many, many meters away. Oxpecker is a very misleading name for something. <laughs> I will say that much. I, I was, I was not sure if this was going to be a bird or I did not know Anyways. what kind of. Uh, okay, all right, moving all along. All right. Well, it is a bird. Before you th- finish that thought, the red-billed oxpecker is a bird. It's a actually quite a pretty okay. bird. Excellent. How would you describe this bird? Oh yeah, that's a that's a gorgeous bird. Yeah, yeah, he's like a oh, it's man. like a small tan and black bird with a yellow and red bill and these red eyes. Uh, qu- quite the quite eyes beautiful. Are beautiful. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. And they like to uh, hang out with some big friends: zebras, hippos, giraffes, cattle, and other large mammals of the savanna in Africa. So they even sit atop the fearsome rhino. And nibble at ticks, botfly larvae, and other pests. Love a love a good relationship there. Yeah, and it's a complicated relationship. It's really interesting because uh, they do help their large companions by eating parasites, but they do occasionally peck little wounds into their host's skin and sip on their host's blood, which actually Ooh. would make the birds themselves parasites. But there's kind of a debate, right? Like, because... You know, even though that itself is parasitic, they are also helping their hosts by getting rid of parasites. So it's like, well, do they do more harm than good or do they help more? And some of the a point in favor of the oxpecker not being a parasite, but being in a mutualistic symbiotic relationship is the fact that they seem to protect black rhinos from poachers. Wow. So black rhinos are big, tough, endangered animals with great smell and hearing, but very bad eyesight. And they are unfortunately often the victims of human poaching and they are critically endangered. So rhino researcher Dr. Rowan Plotz noticed that rhinos that were close enough for them to observe had no oxpeckers on their backs. They always seemed to not have their little bird friends. And that made him wonder, that's that's an interesting coincidence. Maybe it's not a coincidence. So they did some observational studies that found that the oxpeckers helped alert the rhinos of a human's presence. So when the oxpeckers spot a human, they issue an alarm call, which is a hissing shriek. And the rhinos listen to this alarm call and will move away from uh, the area. So these studies found that rhinos with oxpeckers are better at moving away from humans than rhinos without oxpeckers. And what's really interesting is the more oxpeckers they have, the better they are at being alerted. So 
one ox pecker so is okay, cool. but you got a whole a whole group of five ox sure. peckers all shrieking at you. You're like, ah, geez, what's going on? Yeah, like one one uh, one alarm on your front door is nice, but if you have all the windows uh, uh, hooked up and then your back door hooked up too, you're gonna that's you're gonna be even more safe. Exactly. No, I mean the the more alarms, the better. Car alarms, air horns, everything, bells. Uh, yeah, seriously. It's the home alone version of uh, of uh, home security. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, I I love examples of species talking to each other um uh i i absolutely loved i i heard a story a, a, a long time ago i think it was on like an episode of radio lab or something where this this researcher tells a story of um basically uh learning the distinct calls of monkeys and like eagles in i believe like south america where uh they made distinct calls whenever a leopard was spotted and he is walking through the jungle and it's starting to get, you know, dusk out. And suddenly overhead, he hears the distinct call. And as he's walking through the jungle, he, you know, from, from area to area, they're making the call. He was basically being stalked by a leopard through Ooh, this jungle. And yeah. he, he only, he only knew about it because these other uh, animals were making their call specific to the leopard. Uh, they they made a specific call just for the leopard when there was yeah. when the monkeys were threatened by uh, birds of prey like an eagle or something. Then they would make a different it's a call different for that. Call, so that's yeah. how, exactly. So that's how he knew that there was a leopard following him. Right, because it matters whether where the threat is coming from. If it's a bird yes, of prey, it's exactly. coming from the sky. If it's a leopard, it's coming from the ground. And knowing where. And and the nature of that threat is very important, both for animals and human eavesdroppers. That's an incredible yes, yes. story. I love Isn't that. Isn't that cool? I mean, and that it's it. What's so interesting about that story is the way that human used that those other animal alarm calls is exactly the way the rhino is using the bird's alarm call because there's no evidence that the birds are intentionally warning the rhino of this threat. It's not like the birds are like, hey, Rhino, get out of the way. They're warning each other. Yeah. This is what they've evolved to have this alert system with each other to warn uh, themselves of a threat. But the Rhino has learned that this call means humans and will use that knowledge to move away. So exactly in the same way that that human researcher was like, I've learned this call means a leopard. I'm in danger. <laughs> Uh, yes, I... and uh, and so it's the same thing with the rhino, but even more terrifying than a leopard, the human. Yeah. And and also like the, there's a, a bit of self preservation there, I imagine, from the bird in that uh, if my little floating raft of food, my buffet, my my tank of a buffet on the savanna gets killed uh, by these poachers, then I'm out of a food source. It so can't hurt. Yeah, a, it couldn't hurt yeah. for them to warn the rhino. It's again, it's it's hard to know whether that's just a happy coincidence or if there's any like any sort of intention. I mean, I I think it's sure, safe to sure. say there's probably not much of an intention for the bird to warn the rhino. I don't know if they could logic that out, but right, uh, right, right. I mean, maybe a smarter bird. Uh, there are some birds that I I would not necessarily be surprised. That they, in fact, they may sometimes use alarm calls. <laughs> there, no, there are actually birds that use alarm calls to scare 
other animals away from some kind of food source so that they can get to it. So they, they can. Oh, wow. There are definitely bird species. I take it back. There are bird species that know what they're doing and they can use their alarm calls to right. manipulate others. So it's possible that these birds are somehow, they do know that if they alert that the rhino will move away, which is much better for them than having to like, you know, fly away and find another another rhino to sit on. Um, but there's no right. there's no evidence of that yet. So either way, this is a lovely little system. The rhino gets warned. The oxpecker gets to keep its perch, uh, and humans get to be thwarted by a dynamic duo. Beautiful, I love it. So before we go, we've got to play a game of mystery animal sounds, aka guess who's squawking. Every week on the show, we play a mystery animal sound, and you try to guess who is squawking. First, the hint from last week is this bald beauty is found in the forests north of the Amazon River. It's named for its friar-like appearance, but don't confuse them with another monk-like animal because this mystery squawker is not monkeying around. So, a very interesting call. What do you think? There's, uh, so based on the clues, I, I don't know. Um, you said not monkeying around, which makes me want to guess it's a monkey of some <laughs> sort. Um, is it a howler? Nope. Nope. Okay. I'm just going to make that's, you go that's... through every animal in the animal kingdom <laughs> until you get it. In actually. the Amazon, in the Amazon rainforest. <laughs> Every every animal, ten percent of the world's biodiversity, and yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, the I know you're joking, but I uh, I don't even know what to guess. I have no idea. I'm overwhelmed with like I, I feel like I'm at a blockbuster in like 1997 trying to pick a movie right now. That's how it is no trying clue. to identify animals in the Amazon. I think. Yeah. The blockbusters of uh, of the world's ecosystems also endangered. So you know. Yes, that's true. Also that's under true. threat, like the like the noble blockbuster. But we must do more <laughs> to save the Amazon rainforest than we did to save the blockbuster. Much more, much more, much more important. Well, this squawker is actually the capuchin bird. So congratulations, Robert S. And congratulations to Emily M. Wow. I did have some listeners guess the capuchin monkey. Uh, that was my trap that I laid for you because the capuchin monkey not monkeying around though. I know. See, I did not say monkey. not that's monkey. So, so that's but that's was that a perfect a trick? clue though. But was that a trick though? So it wasn't. But I, I had no idea there were multiple capuchin animals. Yes. Yeah. So um, you know, honorable mention for people who guess capuchin. Um, the capuchin monkey is also found in South America and is also named so because the monkey's black fur on top of their heads and backs looks like a friar's rope. So very similar animal, oh, wow. very similarly named, but no, it's the capuchin bird. So these beautiful birds have blue bald heads and big fluffy rusty orange brown feather coats. The fluffiness of their feathers combined with the bald tops of their heads, I think is 
it's both kind of funny, but also beautiful. And it definitely looks like they're wearing a big fluffy coat with a hood, which I guess to people look like a capuchin monk. I'm not sure about that. To me, they look more of a Cruella de Vil kind of like I'm wearing a fur coat type of deal, but absolutely gorgeous. Did you get a chance to look at one of these guys? Oh, I will look it up now. I'm, I'm, I enjoy your descriptions, and so I'm just <laughs> imagining them in my head, and I forget that I can literally. This is uh, an look audio medium. <laughs> Capuchin bird. I am. I'm just. I, I'm just enjoying the the description. Oh wow, that is whoa. That is okay. I love all animals. That is a creepy looking bird. It's. I think. I distinct looking. <laughs> Okay. All right. Dis- distinguished. That's that's how we'll go. Distinct. Just because you're right, it is like when I think of like a, a somebody describing like a, a bald bird, my mind just immediately goes to like the bald eagle, which obviously isn't actually right. bald. Uh, no, that that is like it does look like it's just wearing. It looks like you wearing the neck brace thing, the <laughs> pillow <laughs> thing that you were wearing when we I started. Had, sorry, I had to, a, sorry to describe no, that. No, that's okay. I think this is important for everyone to know. I, I had a little <laughs> bit of a sore neck, so I was wearing, instead of being normal and, and getting a, an actual neck brace, I, I just used an airline pillow because I thought like, hey, I got, I got this laying around and it, it helps a little bit. <laughs> Does the trick. Does the trick. That's exactly what it is. It looks like it's wearing wearing a fluffy airline it, pillow, but all over the rest yeah, of the body too. Yeah, or a, <laughs> or a comically oversized sweater. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's man. That is a very cool looking bird. You look like a little a bald little old man wearing a huge fluffy mohair yeah, sweater. Yeah. Okay, I've I've come around. I've come <laughs> around on it. I I like it now. I am no longer uh, creeped out. Yeah, despite having those bald sort of vulture-like heads, they actually don't eat carrion. Uh, they eat insects hmm. and fruit. Some people have said this this song sounds like a cow mooing. I, I don't, I disagree. I think it sounds like maybe a possessed cow mooing. Um, yeah, something possessed by Satan. But the capuchin bird <laughs> sings in leks, which are display areas that males gather to sing and impress females with their beautiful chunky mohair coats. <laughs> Love it. So on to this week's mystery animal sound. Here is the hint. This happy little corn-eating animal may sound cute, but it's a little stuck up. That is so weird sounding. <laughs> so, okay, I have a guess for that. I know yeah. I'm not supposed to. I know no, that's for guess. next week. You can guess. Can I guess? Yeah. Is it a fox? No. <laughs> okay, all right. So one more I've free seen hint. videos. One more free hint. It's not a fox. <laughs> okay, all right. I've, I've seen videos where like foxes are like playing with people on camera mm-hmm. and like in a very playful way and they make the the wildest human yeah. sounding like baby noises. Yeah, they uh, do. And, and I thought that yeah. 
It's a very good guess. You're right. Foxes make very interesting sounds. And they can make like almost sounding like a human crying or something. It's kind of creepy. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. no, this is not a fox. It is something else. And the answer to this will be revealed in next week's Creature Feature. If you think you know the answer, you can email me at creaturefeaturepod at gmail.com. Uh, I'm also on Twitter at creaturefeatpod. That's F-E-A-T, not F-E-E-T. That's something very different. And on Instagram at creaturefeaturepod. So, Will, a.k.a. Chrissy Yamaguchi, Ming, thank you so much for joining me. Tell, tell the people where they can find you. Oh, thank you so much for having me again. It was a delight as usual. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Wapple House, W-A-P-P-L-E-H-O-U-S-E. Um, and that's pretty much where I, I live most of the time, uh, not in real life. Um, you can find me on there. Uh, I don't even know what my Instagram handle is, to be honest with you. It's uh, it's long. There's underscores involved. So whenever <laughs> I, I am stupidly make a, a handle with underscores, I always forget where they're at. So, uh, yeah, just find me on there. Um, you can listen to Jort Center Pod uh, or, or Jort Center, um, but at Jort Center Pod on Twitter um, and Lauer After Hours if you're a fan of the Dan Lebetard show um, and uh, enough of a fan that you would make a podcast about being a fan of the Dan Lebetard show. You can find me there. And thank you so much for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please leave a rating and review. I read all the reviews. I love them so much. I really appreciate them all. Cherish them, print them out, put them underneath my pillow, and kiss them before I go to bed at night. And thank you so much to the Space Cossacks for their super awesome song, Exolumina. Creature Feature is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts like the one you just heard, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or hey, guess what? Wherever you listen to your favorite shows. See you next Wednesday. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.